Hello and welcome to Race to the Bottom, your socially aware football podcast that aims to explore the ever-widening expanse between the world we live in and the game we love. This is episode two and I'm your host, Joe Harmon. This month all eyes have been on Russia, where the World Cup has been hosted for the 2018 tournament. And as we have been blessed with some wonderful games and matches throughout the tournament, there has been a number of stories that have drawn the attention of journalists, football fans and and people such alike. None more so perhaps than that of the No Band for Women movement that has been promoted and campaigned for by Iranian women and has really gained uh, a lot of prominence during the World Cup. It's a campaign that's primarily based around ending gender segregation that exists in Iran regarding sporting events. Women are not allowed to enter stadiums to watch football or volleyball or basketball. Uh, They're not allowed to be in the presence of men during sporting events. And I was very fortunate and I feel very privileged to speak to one of the the leaders of the campaign Open Stadiums, which fights to end gender segregation in Iran and allow women to access stadiums freely. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, I'll talk afterwards. Here we go. Welcome to Race to the Bottom podcast. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to talk about the issue and the Thank you for having me in your podcast. It's wonderful to be able to put a voice to a person that I feel very strongly has played a big role in trying to change a a massive thing, Sarah. Social media being an amazing platform that it is seems to have opened up open stadiums and with the World Cup kind of kicking in, it really seems that you've pushed on with something that from what I've read you've been working on for a long time to something that might reach a tipping point where where you might finally achieve what your what your goal is could you talk to me about that and give us some background about open stadiums and yourself sure like you said it's even for me when i started this account it wasn't in my sight that maybe just through this social media account we can achieve maybe something but the thing is in Iran, like working uh, on the ground, it's not always safe. Sometimes it's really dangerous and critical. So when I started this, it was like a moment. Most of the like campaigns and NGOs were closed, and you know, society situation toward the like this kind of activism, it wasn't open at all. So this account and this Twitter, uh, you know. And also we have a Facebook page that gave me some sort of security and safe space to work anonymously and also raise our voice. At the beginning, maybe, like, if you see during this World Cup, there were so many journalists that reach out to us and they want to write about our story. But at the beginning, it wasn't like this. Basically, from this account, I always write to journalists or like human rights activists to talk about these things and you know uh, I try to explain to them that this is also a human right this is not just uh, you know watching a sport event this is like exclusion from the public spaces for Iranian women so I have to say from the beginning we start this campaign 
uh, June 2005. It was a match between Iran and Bahrain. It was a qualification for uh, Germany World Cup. And when we started this, we tried to go and demonstrate uh, in front of Azadi Stadium, which is the main stadium in Iran for each matches. But after a while, you know, they beat us, they ripped our banner. It was like, reaction was really harsh. That was under the, a different Sorry. president? Not under President Rouhani, the previous regime, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, 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 exactly. Ahmadinejad. Right. Also, you have to see that uh, usually this kind of reactions, it's not about the government or, you know, who is the president, because they are from different fractions of Islamic Republic, so they are always harsh. And uh, after a while, it was election 2009 and the crackdown on the you know all the green movement so for the four years we couldn't even work at all then 2013 it was the first year of the new president and also Sepulater was visiting iran and i thought that maybe it's a time to resurface our campaign we did so many works so it's time to you know again talk about this issue Maybe it's a time. So I start this Twitter account uh, and I try to r reflect all the news about like women want to go to the stadiums. The good thing it was like some of the you know people around the blatter they just these tweets cut their eyes and basically subblatter during the visit with president talked about this right that women should also go to the stadiums. Since then for like many reasons, also because it wasn't just about football. After that, uh, volleyball and basketball got banned too. So we saw like, especially because of the social media, so many people start to talk and try to, uh, you know, raise their concern about this ban. And now here we are, like, I think it was a, like this World Cup, it was a, like peak of the moment for us. Like so many, so many people and like journalists any medias they talked about. I think one of the main topic about like things around the World Cup was about Iranian women. So I'm happy about the impact of these social media accounts. Where do you think the campaign will progress from here, Sarah? Uh, the thing is, you know, basically Iran's you know, atmosphere, it's not something that you can't say like tomorrow it's gonna be this or you know the other day especially because of the massive economy crisis right now we are in a really bad position but the thing is i think those two matches in azadeh uh, stadium also was a really good experiment for the authorities they saw that nothing happened people like really normal like anytime they went to a stadium, or, 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 sorry, into cinema or other places. And uh, I hope, you know, they let the women and families enter to, uh, for the league matches too, because our main concern always was about Iran's league. Uh, it is one of those places that they always said, oh no, you cannot enter. To talk about those two matches that they did allow the women to watch the game in, obviously you were in Russia at the time. So have you spoken to friends of yours that were in the stadium? How did they feel about it? Was it a special moment for them? Yeah, it was, you know, we are a group of friends that we are working on this issue. So, like, I was in uh, Russia and they were, like, inside Iran. And, like, every minute we were uh, writing uh, for each other that, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hmm. So 
for them it was at the beginning they didn't let them enter but then when they were like really unhappy and they want to come back home even one of them she went back home then it was like announcement that women can enter too so they share video with me it was such an amazing moment honestly i was like even telling them yesterday that i wish i was there because you know we were working on this for like really long time and it was really difficult for us like always this protest and feel that you just for these simple things maybe you're gonna go to jail or other things but when you finally can enter and pass the gates from all of them were like a, such a extraordinary moment some of them were crying and they, you know it was like amazing moment for us it sounds amazing to kind of follow your retweets of, like you said, your friends and to witness their kind of experiences. You know, obviously, we are in a very privileged position to be able to experience those things. It was really an, an eye-opener. My wonder is, has it always been this way or previously kind of pre the 1979 revolution? Was it more flexible towards women with regards to sport and their participation? And was it more inclusive previously? Yeah, absolutely. Like before the Islamic Revolution, like the rules was in favor of a women's right. But after the Islamic Revolution, unfortunately, they put so many bans. The thing is, most of the generation now they all born after the revolution. You can barely find someone that you know they are kids of before revolution. So uh, this is the kind of experience that no one you know experienced until like last week going to stadiums and watch a football match. The thing is, imagine 40 years ago, 15 years ago, in general, families were more tradition compared to now. And at that time, even they were like allowed to go there and it was like quite really, you know, okay things to go there. But it's been like 14 years after the revolution that such a simple things, it's banned. And you know, even for the culture of Islamic Republic, it's something weird because if it has a, some sort of logic behind it, why cinema is really okay or other places? I don't know why uh, they always like uh, are really strict around uh, this issue about women going to the stadium. Sometimes we thought that maybe they don't want to see like happy, cheering, you know, women. Mm. I don't know what's the exact reason they are saying sometimes they are uh, raising about you know issue about the watching a naked part of the men is haram for women but yeah. even for them imagine some of the iran's parliament member they went and showed them the pictures that you cannot even you know recognize players when you are sitting in the like stands yes, how you yeah. can you know watch something like this and based on this logic you should like don't show any you know matches on tv too so you know we pass all these i can say dogmatism in culture of the Islamic Republic but now I think they also saw that they don't have any reason to you know keep these doors closed so I hope so uh, that they uh, stop this behavior and let us enter am I right in in understanding that you talked about volleyball and basketball the ruling applies to all sports with regards to women spectators is that right um, the thing is volleyball and basketball got banned 2014 
So it's pretty new. And the thing is, like, the reason we, at the end, we understand it was like the last match that women were inside the stadium, I was there too. It was like so overcrowded and it was like you can barely even stand in the stadium. So some people sent some pictures to the office of Supreme Leader that women that they didn't wear hijab properly. So they thought like in stadium all the people are like this but the thing is it wasn't like that it was a like it was like a special uh, situation and after that they basically ban women from the whole azadi complex which is like all these the stadiums is inside that place and uh, one thing it's you know bother us like more than football because fifa at least always um, you know say that this Yes, there is a ban. Women are outside, and we don't give any major tournament to Iran because of this ban. The problem with volleyball, and I mean international volleyball federation, is that they just like collaborate with Iran's federation. Like they let some, I can say, VIP women inside the stadium, mm-hmm. and then they just give them so many major tournaments then, and they don't care at all about our rights to be there. Uh, we send them so many evidences, but basically they don't care at all. Personally, this bothers me more than football sometimes. You are associated with being very active with the football community, but your Open Stadiums campaign, you apply that to the, the volleyballers as well? Yeah, it is, you know, because personally I am a fan of a sport in, in general. It's not just football. And yeah. uh, when we started, it was about football for years, but then... Uh, volleyball also is really popular in Iran, also basketball. And it is our right to watch our uh, national uh, team at least to play. The thing is, actually, really helped us. Imagine when we started this campaign, like um, even feminists, they were mocking us and they thought that we are just some football fans that we want to you know, watch and we are like a, sorry to say, but lovers of these players uh, but the thing is we we are you are women and we have a right to watch when they ban volleyball because uh, many families used to go there they suddenly saw oh there was a place that we could go there but now we are banned and actually it really helped us because um, we had a hard time to show them this is our your rights and you know Volleyball ban and basketball ban help us in this matter. After that, I saw so many, you know, more people get involved and see that this ban is ridiculous. One of the um, articles that I've read regarding yours and, and your colleagues' experience, Sarah, is back in March when uh, Gianni Infantino was at a derby, was it Parasopolis versus... Yes, yes. Could you talk us through that match? Because that was quite a, a difficult event, from my understanding, for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, we were looking for, a, like, usually our campaign, we always looking for an occasion to raise you know, our voices. We saw that there's derby in Iran, and basically derby is the most important match in Iran, like everyone are really excited it's really really it's important than you know national matches so and we said wow fantino is coming in uh, iran too so we thought oh it's like 
really good opportunity for us. The thing was, I sent them the letter that's based on your own statue. This is like, we shouldn't be banned from the entering to the stadium. And uh, please consider this, talk to Iranian authorities. And uh, even, uh, you know, sometimes we are telling them that uh, this is not, we are not saying that just tomorrow open it. Give them a timetable and, uh, you know, help them to rebuild the stadiums to be better and be a good place for, you know, families. But they were basically didn't care. The thing, when I saw that he went to that derby, which he knew it was just men-only stadium, it was something like sort of disaster for me. I couldn't believe that head of an international organization completely opposite to their values went to such a matches. And the thing was, because it's a men-only match, all the like highway around the stadium it's full of men and when there is like women it's pretty obvious our group was around nine people we want to you know show the some papers in front of a stadium and you know to get pictures and then there were some i can say younger girls that uh, they dress up as the men to you know pass the gates both uh, them and then us uh, got arrested and i was sort of a little bit lucky to you know escape but other friends they mean you know for no reason they got arrested and they were in a morality police detention until the end of day and we were lucky they you know released them but the thing is they have to sign a paper that we never go back and you know do the things that we did and it means that if for another time then they arrest you it's going to be serious consequences for, uh, you know, all wow. these girls. And, you know, imagine just uh, Infantino was here, you know, the price of Infantino going to a men-only match, how much was for the, like, Iranian women. It was pretty sad. They answer our letter, but it was like, um, it was mostly political answer, like always. We hope that, I think they knew and they want to open the stadiums for us, but it's a matter of the time and it is important to do something proper. Sarah, I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing and I think it's fantastic that you're able to utilise every platform that you can. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. It's a very strong reminder that football should be for all. It shouldn't be segregated in any way. Uh, you're an amazing advocate of that. I'd like to thank you massively for, for giving you me the much. time to speak to us at Race the Bottom. And I, I'll very much keep you updated. What's the best way for people to keep track of Open Stadium's campaign, Sarah? I think our Twitter account, I always like updated as soon as I saw any news. So at Open Stadiums is the best way. Excellent. I will make sure I have a link onto onto the podcast and, and make sure that we spread the word even further. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Like I told you that for years I was looking for such opportunities. So now it's like a heaven for us to talk about our issue. And, you know, people around the world, they, you know, understand our struggles. So thank you very much. So there you have our first interview of the series with Sarah from the Open Stadiums campaign. I think it's safe to say that uh, what Sarah is striving to achieve in Tehran uh, and throughout Iran is remarkable. Uh, it was a genuine privilege to hear from someone 
who is really fighting in a very, very difficult environment to gain something that we are very lucky to experience from a grassroots level up to to professional level. So I was very appreciative of Sarah and of the time that she gave. I could have spoke to her for a long, long time. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed the interview and I hope it sets the standard of the types of people that would love to be a part of Race to the Bottom and to discuss topics uh, similar to, to Sarah's. You can contact her and raise awareness via her Facebook and her Open Stadium's Twitter account. One of the things that I did forget to ask her is what role could we play in promoting awareness regarding Iranian women and their and their fight for an end to gender segregation. Sarah is very succinct in saying spread the word and ensure that more people know and more people are aware of what's going on. So that's what I'll be doing. I hope uh, you listeners out there will be doing the same in, uh, in every capacity that you can just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening to episode two really important to me that the podcast is shared by anyone who uh, who might have an interest in these types of things so any friends colleagues that you can recommend it to will be greatly appreciated do follow us on our twitter account which is at rttb podcast and our facebook which is a race to the bottom podcast and please visit our website race the bottom.net and do like us on itunes and uh, leave a review that would be fantastic and look forward to uh, speaking again next month.